If you'll notice with me in the book of Isaiah in chapter number 6, the, the scripture says the same thing three times. Look in verse 5. Then said I, in uh, verse number 8, in the latter part of the verse, then said I, and in, chap in verse 11, chapter 6, then said I. Each of these, Isaiah is responding to something that God has done or said. I mentioned in the Sunday school hour this morning that we meet goers and givers to get the gospel of Jesus Christ to those that stand in need. I did not say a lot about goers because I wanted to do that in this service this morning. I hope that all of us are at the place that we are willing to surrender to do anything God wants us to do. I don't understand for the life of me piecemeal surrender. If he tells me what he wants me to do and I like it, I'll surrender to it. No, we surrender and just say, Dear Lord, whatever you want me to do, I'm available to do it. Uh, if we had missionaries coming through and they said, Well, I'm going to the mission field, you know, if everything goes just right, I'm going to stay. We'd get real excited about supporting them, wouldn't we? No, not at all. What we're looking for is faithfulness, steadfastness. Let's get the, the job done. And so we, too, must be of that mindset. Now, let me tell you, I've not been all over the world, but I've been over a good bit of it, just over 55 countries that I've actually had a chance to preach in. I have never been anywhere yet that I have met someone who has said to me, Brother Whetstone, I'm in the will of God, and I hate it. Never, never met one of those. Now, I've met a lot of people who didn't know the will of God that were miserable. Uh, I, I'm, I've met a lot of people who didn't care anything about the will of God that were miserable. But I've never met anybody in the will of God that was miserable. And, and I've, I had visited missionaries in places you wouldn't even want to visit, much less live. And then I'll watch those missionaries come back to the States on furlough, and I'll be in, in uh, service with them. And they'll be weeping to go back. And I'm thinking, did you forget that quickly what kind of place you were living in? No, they didn't forget. That was God's will for them. That was God's design purpose for them. And they were thrilled to do it. You will not be unhappy with the will of God. You'll be unhappy running from it but you will not be unhappy doing what God wants you to do. Now that is not to say that God wants everybody in this room to go to a foreign mission field somewhere. No. God wants most of you, I'm sure, to stay right here and reach this community and send all the missionaries that are being sent out by this ministry here. But there could be those of you here today that God would use in regions beyond. There also could be those of you here today who are not involved in inviting people to come to church, not involved in giving out gospel tracts, not involved in witnessing to sinners. And it might be that you could surrender that in your life 
to serve Him right here where you are. We have learned one thing for certain. Crossing an ocean does not make you a missionary. If you, if you don't care for souls sitting here, you won't care for souls sitting anywhere else either. And it's no easier anywhere else. You're going to have to learn another language. I ain't even got this one yet. You have to, you have to learn another language. And, and probably even more difficult, you have to learn a new culture. Uh, and, and learn to abide with people that just aren't going to think the way you are. Here, you don't have all of those obstacles to deal with. You can share the gospel of our Lord Jesus. And I just hope that all of us will run the white flag of surrender to the very top of the pole and say, Dear Lord, I'm here. Use me as you see fit. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne high and lifted up. And his train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six, six wings. With twain he covered his face, with twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the post of the door moved, the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. Then said I, Woe is me, for I am undone. I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongs from off the altar, and he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this hath touched thy mouth, thy, thy lips, and mine iniquity is taken away, and thy sin purged. Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? This first then said I, came as a result of Isaiah seeing himself in a light that perhaps he had not seen himself uh, earlier. I would not in any way want to speak disparagingly of Isaiah. I'm not, I'm not sure of all the intricacies that brought him to this particular place in his life. But I get the impression that perhaps Isaiah had relaxed. He looked around him, perhaps. And uh, looked at himself and said, I tell you, I'm living about as good as anybody. I'm probably on a level above most as far as my relationship with God is concerned. It, it, it seems. But Isaiah woke up on this particular day and, and he was looking uh, to the throne of, of Israel. And it was empty. The king had died. And, and, and maybe Isaiah thought, well, as long as there's a conservative in Jerusalem, everything will be all right. But now he's gone. But God does something amazing for Isaiah in that moment. He opens his eyes to see beyond the throne room of Israel to the very throne room of God. And he saw God in all of His holiness. And when he saw God in all of His holiness, he saw himself in all of his need. And he cried out, I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. We are a foolish people indeed 
to compare ourselves with each other. Some bear 30-fold, some 60-fold, some 100-fold. Everyone who's bearing 100-fold in a particular area, prayer, soul winning, giving, Bible reading, if he's bearing a hundredfold and he's comparing himself to another Christian, he's going to compare himself to the area that that Christian is bearing thirtyfold. If we compared everything across the board, we would probably find that not, there's not a great deal of variation. Some are bearing thirtyfold in some areas, some sixtyfold, some a hundredfold. But it is not wise, the scripture teaches us, to compare ourselves by ourselves. To say, because I'm doing this a little better than that one, or this one, or so on, uh, then I'm, I'm doing all right. No, no. We, we are not the measuring stick. Our Lord is the measuring stick. And until we attain unto His likeness, God is not finished with us. There is a work that He is doing in us according to Romans chapter 8 to make us like His Son and that will not be completed until we're loosed from this uh, flesh, from this body of clay and, and given a new body to dwell in His divine presence. Until then, He's going to be working on us. So maybe Isaiah had the idea. You know, I've, I've looked around me recently and hey, I'm, I'm, not doing, I'm not doing so bad. Oh, I'm going to Sunday school and church Sunday. God must be proud. Huh? Well, whoa, Sunday night. Huh? Oh, I mean, the angels must be standing. And a midweek service? Whoo! Over the top. Oh, and on my soul, we can get so self-righteous. Truth is, we know us. We know us. Whether we like it or not, there comes those times when we must pillow our heads in the dark of night, and it's just us and God. We know what we are. Men of clay. When Isaiah saw God in all his said, as a matter of fact, I'm living amongst a population that is unclean. Uncleanness. So God did for Isaiah what he is perfectly willing to do for us. He dispatched an angel from heaven. And he took a tongs and he took a, a, a coal off the altar of sacrifice. And he came to Isaiah and said, lo, this hath Touch thy lips, and thine iniquity is taken away, and thy sin avenged. If we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Do you know, we have the possibility of leaving this room today completely right with God. I've come to this conclusion. We don't have revival because we don't want revival. If we hunger and thirst for righteousness, 
he'll set the table. Isaiah came to that place where he said, I want to be more like him. Whatever happens around here, I'm not as concerned about now. I want to be more like him. And God cleansed him. And, and, and an amazing thing happened when God cleansed Isaiah. His sins were forgiven and his ears opened. Oh, how amazing. His sins were forgiven and he said, Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Do you really think the Lord hadn't been talking? Or perhaps Isaiah hadn't been listening. I fear that for the average church member today, we stand about ear deep in the world. And the voice of God is muffled so that if he was screaming at the top of his voice, we couldn't hear it. Could we in any sense believe that there would be millions, hundreds of millions of people dying without Christ and God's not talking about it? That there could be nations on the face of this earth without one true gospel witness and God is not talking about it. That multitudes will drop off into hell before the sun sets this evening and God isn't talking about it. No, God is talking. I'm convinced God is talking, but are we hearing? When Isaiah confessed that he was a sinner, that he dwelt in the midst of sinners, God cleansed him and opened his heart and his ears so that he could hear. And they heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then said I the second time, Here am I. Send me. I like to imagine that there was a friend standing close to Isaiah. And maybe that friend said to him, he said, here am I, send me. Oh, where are you going? I don't, I don't rightly know. What are you going to be doing? I don't. How long will you be gone? I have no idea. Then why did you volunteer to go? Because he asked me. Isn't that enough? Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature? Is that not enough? That the commander in chief that our Lord Jesus Christ would say, I want you to go make disciples, baptize and teach. Is, is that not enough? He did not say, Isaiah, will you go? He said, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And Isaiah said, uh, have you noticed? Have you noticed me? I'll go.
especially those of you that are younger. If you knew what I know about serving the Lord full time, you'd be at an altar begging him to let you. Yeah. Yeah, so I tell you what, I I've I've heard preachers tell some stories about some hard things they had to go through. Heard electricians tell those stories too. <laughs> Doctors, nurses. Well, you won't get through this life without bumps in the road. We all run into difficulties and hard times. And and sometimes you've been been known to exaggerate. Huh? You know the only time Paul talks about his hardships is when he's trying to get someone to have more faith in God. Paul will talk about being stoned and jailed and imprisoned and beaten without a cause. He'll talk about that. But he's telling it to people to say to them, look what God brought me through. I, I don't have anything bad to say about it. I, now, I only pastored, well, I, I pastored about a year and a half. They called it pastor then when I was in college, but I really just preached there Sundays and Wednesdays. But I did pastor full-time for nine years. Nine years. I do not have one deacon war story to tell. No. Our church had deacons that loved Love their preacher, love their church, and not one war did I ever have with one deacon. We had good deacons. I didn't always get my way. Tried. I mean, tried. <laughs> Bunch of East Tennessee boys cry and wouldn't help you. I'm gonna promise you. They'd call you a sissy and go to the house. my first message in Tallahassee, Florida the third Sunday night of January 1970. God knows this is true. God knows it's true. I loved them more than anything. I want to I got a little grand boy that's just a year old now. Oh, he's such a wonderful thing. Like the other family. I'm I'm trying to raise him up to drive me and Mama around when he gets old enough to drive. Amen. Roll me in the church, whatever needs to be done. God knows this is true. Get to sweating your works of art. I, I never have more fun right now. This is it. When the Lord called me to preach in Maranatha Baptist Church in Pine Hills, Florida, 
my wife and I lived in a 1260 mobile home. The first book I ever read was A Quest for Souls, a book of sermons by George W. Truman. And uh, I, I would read, and then I'd get in the, in the floor and just cry like a child. And, and I remember asking the Lord, Lord, would you let me live long enough to preach to a hundred people at one time? I, di I didn't know you could dream bigger than that. I, I thought, my soul, nobody, nobody could dream bigger than that. Let me preach to him. He's done it. Yeah. Oh, I've preached to three and I've preached to a few hundred. And, and it doesn't matter. I go to some small churches and the preacher would apologize about the crowd. I said, listen, if one more person came, he might have put such a bad spirit in the service that they wouldn't worship God and wouldn't worry about it. You don't have to worry about it. Why? Serve the Lord even more than that. And you, you might aspire to be a, a doctor lawyer, any number of things, but if you really wanted to do something wonderful, you could get on that basement floor and say, Lord, I surrender to you. And so, for this moment, God knows which preacher to pull by what standard. Just about everybody I know in Christian service is fed so good that they stay on a diet. Fellas, well, I'd, I'd go in the ministry, I'm afraid I'd starve to death. That's about the last thing's going to happen to you. You might get so fat you can't go to church, but you're not going to starve to death. Folk can't take you dancing, they can't take you to the movies and out to the nightclubs, but we can go eat. Amen. Isaiah said, here am I. Send me. Let me tell you what I think he did. Let's see. Let me find me a piece of paper here. I think what Isaiah did that day is he took out a blank sheet of paper and he signed his name at the bottom. And he said, Lord, fill my life. i got to tell you something that amazes me, and if you listen to me all this week, you'll find a lot of things amaze me. But i got to tell you this one that amazes me, is that we have churches filled with people so fully ready to trust God with their eternal life that will not trust Him for a minute with their temporal life. Now make sense of that. We're going to trust God to take care of us forever. That one of these days we're going to walk on streets of such pure gold that it's transparent. We're going to walk through gates of single pearls. We're going to have walls of jasper, a river of water of life. Trees bearing fruit every 30 days. We're going to walk in the presence of God Almighty. He's actually going to do that for us. But He doesn't care anything about what happens to us today. Oh no. If we can trust God with forever, we can trust God with now. Here am I, Lord. Send me. 
And he said, go. Tell this people, hear ye indeed and understand not, see ye indeed and perceive not. Make the heart of this people glad. Make their ears heavy and shut their eyes. Lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and convert them to me. Then said I, Lord, how long? I suppose I'd ask the same question. So here's poor old Isaiah. And, and, and he says, uh, Lord, uh, how many thousands will we see saved this first year? He said, not any thousands this first year. Hundreds? Not any hundreds this first year. Tens? He said, Isaiah, the truth is you're going to preach your heart out and they're not going to pay any attention. Then said, cities be wasted without inhabitant and houses without land. The land be utterly desolate and the Lord have removed men far away and there be a great forsaken of peace. He said, you go to Jerusalem. Responsible world is nothing but responsible Christian. It is our responsibility to take them the gospel whether they accept you say it's their duty to believe. Only one we can believe for is us. Personally. But we can take the gospel to them. You say, well, sometimes they're antagonistic toward it. And some of you probably were too. Well, they've heard it dozens and dozens of times and they just, they just won't give in. And, and probably we all heard it dozens and dozens of times. And we You know, I, I'm persuaded that most of us love some sin against another. They look similar to us. If they act somewhat like us. But I wonder. She got old enough for her adopted dad to take their farms and tie her in the back room and sell her for money. She hated men. She lived a lesbian lifestyle. Drugs. There's hardly a place on her body that wasn't piercings and Jesus found her and saved her by his grace. She's been several years now good Bible teaching in this church. She went to the pastor and she said, Pastor, I know I'm unsightly. She's in pain all the time. She knows I'm sick. She said, I know I'm unsightly. And she said, I would sit in the back if you would just let me see. He said, you can see. Why don't 
don't have to talk to her too much. She knows what to do. She talks with me. But I had planned this one before the set got to be none of us. Jesus Christ to preach it to others. And it is our duty to go until there's no man to tell. Not until there's no man to listen. Until there's no man to tell. Here in my home. Here's me. Willing to do anything. Willing to say, Lord, I am at your disposal. However outlandish it might seem, if this is what you want me to do, I'm willing to do it. Do, do away with the idea that if he would call me, I'd surrender. Go ahead and surrender. And then listen to his call. So I'm afraid. Fear is not a bad thing. Unless it stops you. I've been in dark places where I was afraid. I just kept moving. Sometimes a little faster. You need not fear. If he is near. If you're holding. you this morning that the Lord spoke to my heart about moving to Florida Beach. All I would have to do is say to my wife, I believe the Lord wants us to do this. And she would be looking at me for sales Three times now, we've got rid of everything we own on our Coming home from Grenada, West Indies, married 25 years. My wife said to me, you know, everyone who got married when we did has everything paid off by now. We don't have anything. We did have a car and whatever that car would hold. That's all we own. I said, well, first of all, most of those who got married when we did aren't married anymore. But secondly, everything they've paid for is worn out. You're going to get it all again. You have never given the Lord anything but that you've got a great return. We don't do it for that. But when we look back and see that it has happened that way, it makes us fearless to go into the future and say, Dear Lord, it's all yours to with it what you will. I just want to be where you want me to be and I want to be doing what you want me to do. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, as I have preached this message in the back of my mind, I have been shouting, you are so amazing. 
you are so incredibly amazing. You're patient. You're kind. You mean us no harm. You who have given your son, how would you withhold even the commandments? I pray that this morning, every one of us with a claim to be saved by just throw ourselves in your arms and say, Lord, do what you will. And for those that might be here today who are not absolutely certain that if they died right now, they'd go to heaven, may they know before they leave this place today. May they come to this pastor and say, I need to be saved. I need help. Assuredly knowing that someone would pray for them have your perfect will and way accomplished in each of our lives is my prayer in Jesus' name. With eyes closed. If you would like to know more about Jesus and the subject preached on, please contact us at gospel at mygbcs.com or call us at 239-947-1285. God bless.